1: buddy this is hondo carpenter from sports illustrated's fan nation las vegas raiders insider podcast joined by my good buddy the editor and publisher of thespun.com. the great matt holadic joins us as he does each and every week matt let's get right into it the uh, the raiders come out in a game they should have won uh the Turner. offensive play calling not the entire game but certainly at important places was really bad Um, the defense was not bad they just were not scoring two touchdowns which you can never count on that each and every week they were they were actually good but they didn't score the two touchdowns the Raiders offense continues to show the same problems they had all year I know we both predicted a win I think we were both surprised not that the offense was bad because we've seen a track record that tells us this offense is bad What surprised me was the play calling, because at times it was atrocious. It wasn't bad. It was atrocious. And inside, no weather issues, um, I think the play calling, I mean, for example, the Aiden O'Connell at the end of the game, if they'd have been attacking like that earlier, I think it would have been different. Um, To me, I understand players were not great. But this one, to me, rested uh, heavily on Bullhard agree, the offensive coordinator, just some play calling, I think some sense of urgency, all of that. What do you think? Where do you disagree, agree? What were your thoughts on the game?
2: I do think from a big-picture standpoint, obviously it's disappointing to lose a game that was – you know, it was a winnable game against – a. an opponent that's fighting for the playoffs and now is going to be playing for a playoff spot in week 18. Um, I did like the fact that, you know, you got to see the past game get involved a little bit, especially after not having to do much and not being able to do much against Kansas city, but you see know, compro pro a couple of touchdowns, you see Devontae Adams back being his usual self, Jacoby Myers getting involved. Um, I think that what we saw as something that's plagued the Raiders, multiple times during the year at different points, and that's slow starts. When you start slow, fall behind. Uh, Sometimes it's tough to battle back uh, in the NFL when you're playing a a decent team and you're not getting those scores either on defense or special teams, uh, like what you said, you know, they got them two weeks in a row. It's tough. That's never going to happen week in and week out. Um, Do I think it changes anything for me in terms of Antonio Pierce? his case for the permanent job i don't i think he still has made an excellent case so far i think that come home now this week and you have a winnable game against the broncos if you win that then antonio pierce closes out his interim tenure at 5 and 4 uh, the raiders will have made a two game improvement on last season in total wins lo- you know total wins and losses And I think you got to feel you feel pretty good about yourself going into the offseason. So it's a missed opportunity uh, this past week. But I think there's still something in front of them uh, in the finale. uh, I think that most fans probably figured that they weren't going to make the playoffs even after beating the Chiefs as great of a win as that was. So I think it's about finishing strong now moving forward.
1: Matt, I want to make it real clear. I do not believe the Raiders lost that game because of officiating. I want to make it really, really clear. But once again, it was a horribly officiated game on both sides. I mean, there were there were penalties called against the Colts. That, I mean, I look over at the person sitting next to me, and we just both like, wow, I, I sure didn't see that. And then there were penalties like Jack Jones offsides on the field goal, which he wasn't. Um, I mean, the video clearly showed he wasn't there was a PI when the ball's out of bounds made it just literally made no sense. The officiating in the NFL is atrocious. And I was having a conversation last night with someone uh, not in the league, but someone out here in Vegas who is very involved in the betting world, not a better. Well, I don't know if they're a better, but they work in the industry of betting. Mm and. I just said to them, at what point does Vegas step in and say, listen, you know, what's going on here? And he gave me several scenarios. He said, what happens when there's a huge bet and a call is missed and the NFL gets sued? He goes, do I think they win the suit? No, but there's all of that. there." He goes, you, you just never know. And, and he went on and gave me several, not just that one, scenarios. What's the answer here? I know that John Shop, who joins us each and every week on the podcast, who's an attorney, we've been talking about it since week one, how bad it's been. I don't think – when I talk to friends of mine who are referees, um, they tell me uh, – they agree that fish shading's not been great, but they're already watching tons of film. It's not like going full-time – is going to make them that much better when they're already working almost full time. And a lot of these guys have, you know, other careers, would they be willing to give them up? We don't know how much money I mean, there, there's such a huge amount here. What's your answer or is there one?
2: It's a, it's a great question. It's a tough question and it's a necessary question because here's the thing. It seems like, and listen, anytime <laughs> there's a missed call anywhere, you know, there's going to be, you know, Twitter's going to blow up or things like that. That's just the way that the sports world works. Um, and there's always going to be fans complaining about officiating after games because fans are in the heat of the moment and they are going to think about mm-hmm. that time something happened. But I do think that what we've seen now on a weekly basis in multiple games per week, that's a problem, is we are seeing calls that are just egregious or like nonsensical and they're starting to impact games and they're starting to get, you know, it's a constant conversation with the refs, you know, look at, look at Saturday night, excuse me, Detroit and Dallas, the controversy wow. with Taylor Decker and uh the other lineman, I'm sorry. His name is, uh, number seventy. His name is escaping me. Big dude, six foot ten. Um, who reported? Whether they both reported or not? Whether it was filed through the letter of the law? And then you also had a penalty. Now that obviously was the big thing. It kind of hurt the Lions. But earlier in the fourth quarter, the refs missed and made an egregious call on Peyton Hendershot, tight end of Dallas, calling him for tripping when it was actually Aiden Hutchinson's leg that tripped. Tony Pollard, I don't know if I'm not saying it was intentional, but it wasn't even, you know, the same guy. It, it was just, right. it, it was, it's a mess. And I think that you're seeing week in and week out big mistakes and just major plays. And I think this is what you brought up is a fascinating angle because the NFL has not hid recently its ties with gambling. I mean, they promote daily fantasy, mm-hmm. they promote they're partnered with DraftKings and all these these entities. It's not like they're, you know, there's a team in Las Vegas that they're saying for decades there would never, you know, they couldn't have a team in Las Vegas. It could. I don't. Again, like you said, if somebody tried to sue the league or or make a big stink, would it work for them? Like, would they reach their objective? Probably not. But it would still be a bad look for the NFL, and I don't really know what the answer is here. I don't know if it's work harder for the referees, or is there a way to work smarter? Is there a way to 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 differentiate, you know, the type of training methods they have and the way they watch film and the way they prepare for stuff? Or is the league, are the officials emphasizing or worried about the wrong things? Is should the league change its policy on how it, you know? Pursues officials or promotes officials. I don't know what the answer is there. I really don't. I don't know enough uh, the inner workings of NFL officiating to give a good answer. But I will say this: just from watching the league week to week and writing about the league week to week, it's a big issue, and it's not just like, um, I don't know about that call, or you know, that's in the heat of a moment, or uh, they could have let that hold go, something like that. There are major mistakes every week where the refs either misses something or blows the whistle and throws a flag on something that really wasn't even there that are happening. I know it's a long winded answer, but but that's what it is.
1: No, well, it's a long winded question. Uh, Here's the thing that sticks out out to me though. The integrity of the game. Now I was um, walking through the airport yesterday and had a a gentleman um, who works at one of the car rental agencies, stop me and tell me he follows me and, all of that. And he said to me, is the league rigged? Mm -hmm. Now I told him no, because I don't believe that the league is rigged. I know people who are officials who, you know, I, I I know are men of integrity. I know them well. Um, But here's what I, I took away from that conversation is when your fan base begins to question that, do you remember game shows in the 50s ended up you know there were huge legal ramifications because of game shows in the 50s when when the people who are your clients begin to question that and this is a guy probably 60 65 years old and to me it sends a message and if you don't address it somehow you know john shop and i as i mentioned we've been talking about it all year on the podcast um, he says you add another official up in the box who has a quick way to review almost every play, every call, who can send a whistle down and say, no, that was a bad call. No, we got to overturn that. Who They almost have godlike powers that they can review anything and everything if it looks bad or they can stop the game. What do you think of that?
2: Interesting proposal. And here's the thing with me. I know a lot of people – are tired of the replays and the delays and all the reviews and stuff like that. And I totally get it. Cause there's times I've watched games and it keeps going and you're like, Oh, just get on with the actual action. However, I've always been on the side of let's get it right. For the sake of the integrity of the game, the competitiveness to the game and the authenticity of the game, as opposed to, well, let's just keep everything as much of a human element as possible. Like for me, I don't mind the like in a, another sport. I don't mind the enhanced replay for baseball. You know, there's some t- ticky tack things like oh, if a guy's overslid the base by this much and he's out on the review, like that's annoying. But I don't mind the reviews to uh, on a bang bang play at first or a t- close play at second or home plate or something, because to me, I I want my, I want the game to be correct. I want the game to be what it should be, whether it benefits my team or doesn't benefit my team. So I, I, I think that's an interesting idea. Now here's the question with two, there's two questions with that. How do you do it so that not there aren't exorbitant amounts of delays or it's not a constant thing. And what would be, the attitudes of the officials on the field to come, be checked like that, you know, for for judgment calls, uh, uh, not and not just judgment call, like okay, like a, a close, you know, a fumble, or review every score and turnover because that's already done and that makes sense. Because sometimes there's a bang bang play in the moment you, it's it's so close, the, the point of the football might hit the ground and the guy calls a complete or things like that. You know, and you need review. But if a if the ref is buzzing down and saying, No, that offsides call was in, incorrect, or no, the player lined up the right way, or things like that, do the refs on the field feel like they're being targeted or feel as if it, it shows them up at all? That's something that you would have to wonder about. So uh so, it's an interesting I do so we- though.
1: Two quick things addressing that. So my friends who are refs, I've asked them, and they said, anything that gets the game better, we hate it when there's a controversial call. Right. And they go, so one guy specifically said to me, who refs at a position that is quite often under controversy. He has not been this year, but has been under controversy. um, He said to me, I love it. To me, you get into this because you love the game there's no worse feeling in the world than when you make a call and you go back and realize you cost a team a game. He said, I'm for it. John's belief is that with today's modern age, you get a couple of kids in there to actually do the videos. So wham, it's cut up quick. So you can look, my little brother, Kai made up a said something yesterday to texted me about officiating just being so bad and said at what point do they look to ai like baseball and I, i'm gonna tell you I, I try to explain to him you don't want ai no because then when you open ai it is horrific ai in my opinion is just not good in just about a million different areas but ai is not the area and it's not the direction that you want to go but i found it fascinating that the officials i know were like hey if it makes the game better.'" I want to make the game better. I thought that was fascinating.
2: Yeah, and I think it's commendable on their part, and also it makes sense when you think about it. Because look at again, going back to that Dallas trick game, the reports out after the game uh, and on Sunday were that that crew was going to get some type of, you know, reprimand, and they were not going. They're not going to be scheduled to work the playoffs this month, and. If you're a ref, you want those assignments. You want to be working playoff games and and going deep into January. So, you know, this is now the second or third time this crew has had some issues this year uh, with different things. You don't want to be part of that because you don't want that type of reputation around the league and reputation uh, with fans and with the media. And you you want the best assignments. So I do think that could be a motivating factor for officials if it ever came to that and say, hey, listen, this is just trying to limit, you know, mistakes, limit controversy so that everybody can win in the long run. Because I think that, um, you know, that that's the best thing for everybody.
0: And I There's don't think the
2: NFL – There's never a perfect system, but I think that that could, no. that could be helpful.
1: And I don't think the NFL wants AI – Um, because I think they want a proportion of the human element for whatever reason. All right, I want to turn attention. Um, nothing has happened that changed my opinion that Antonio Pierce should get this job. Has anything changed yours? No, I
2: think that when you look at what he's been able to do as a whole, you got to judge this whole body of work. He's four and four as an interim head coach, but you look at the big win over Kansas City, the fact that they're playing hard, they've seemed to kind of take on his spirit and embody what he wants in the team. Um so many teams, you know, could quit after, you know, they were five and five, lost three tough games in a row. They didn't, they come out and blow out a team that did quit in the Chargers and then beat the team that's been the class of the division for the last eight years, almost a decade. Um and and I think that 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 proves a lot. I said this for weeks now on this. You know Mark Davis, and you know him personally, so you know him be- way better than I do, but the is the Raiders, they l- would love to have a marquee name as their head coach and love to have that kind of brand power. But if you don't have that, if you don't have a guy that you think is a can't-miss type hire, and there aren't many out there, let's be honest, I would stick with Antonio Pierce. I think he's earned the right to be this permanent head coach and give a chance to run the program the way he wants to. Obviously, you have to sit down with him, I'm sure they are already, and see what his plan would be in the offseason, how he would want to build his staff, what he thinks the Raiders need uh, to take the next step and get back to being a playoff team. Um, But I think just from the outside looking in, I think
1: he's done enough. Uh, to deserve the head coaching position permanently for 2024. I agree. Tom Brady goes out. I mean, excuse me, uh, Jim Harbaugh goes out, hires Don Yee, Tom Brady's agent, obvious connections to the Raiders. I mean, the, allegedly the Wolverines have a $125 million 10-year deal on the table for him. So this would be Mark Davis paying big money again. And I don't care what anyone says. He's going to be the general manager and coach if he were to get it. I think that's a concern. But let's, let's also – be very honest, Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. So, I mean, uh, that I'm not. I'm and I think it's what? a three man race. I think Antonio Pierce is in first place right now, but uh, uh, by a hair, with Tom Brady and John Gruden. I don't think anyone else has a shot at this job. And I think it's going to be mean, fascinating mean Jim to watch.
2: Harbaugh or, or did you mean John Gruden the third
1: name? No, no, I, I'm I'm sorry. Antonio Pierce, Jim Harbaugh, John Gruden—that's the order that it goes in. I think John Gruden is 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 third, but I know Mark Davis loves him. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, All right, what's your prediction for Sunday?
2: I I mean, this is two teams that have played better uh, as the year went on. Um, It's been a long. I can't. First of all, let me just say I can't believe that it's Week 18 already. Uh, because it feels like just yesterday we were previewing Week One between the Raiders and the Broncos. Um, I predict we both predicted a win in Week One. They won that game. I think they win on Sunday. Um, both teams are eliminated from the playoffs, playing for pride. I think the Raiders come home and get a W. Um, I have a twenty-two seventeen final, um, which I think I've kind of been predicting a little bit recently. It's kind of a in the the score range that I'm expecting. So I think that. The Raiders are, are going to end up finishing pretty much in the middle of where we both expected. I think I predicted seven wins going in. You said nine. If they win Sunday, they're at eight. So we're kind of in the right range of, of what we expect the team to be. And we both said before the season, they didn't need to make the playoffs, but they needed to show improvement from 2022. And I think they have.
1: Yeah. All right. We got a lot to talk about next week. Can't wait to see you next week. That is the great Matt Holadic from the Spun.com. remember, can follow me on Instagram. By the way, I was taught I used to call it Instagrams. Then I was told yeah, there's no then I was told there's thanks for telling me, Matt, if you knew. Mm-hmm. I was told there's no S. Now I'm told it's Insta. So it's Instagram, Hondo SR or on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter. We'll see you all again next week. Remember, you're watching Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the fans first sports network. That's Matt Holadic from the spun.com Thanks for joining us.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply.
1: This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa. Whoa.